members hadn't filed for re-election, after all they hadn't thought they needed to, the challengers should be installed in office immediately. The Texas judge agreed, in effect unseating the board members by court order without an election. But once again the Justice Department intervened under Section 5 to block the move. That might have been the end of it, if it weren't for developments a thousand miles away in Washington, D.C., In June 2013, the Supreme Court ruled in Shelby County v. Holder that Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, VRA, was no longer needed. The Court's five conservative justices decided, in the face of mountains of evidence the contrary, that the South had made so much progress on race since the 1960s that it was unfair to single out the region for special scrutiny by continuing to fully enforce what Justice Scalia memorably called a racial entitlement. Our country has changed, wrote Chief Justice John Roberts. Just like that, the feds were out of the picture in the Beaumont School Board dispute. Soon afterward, a court ruled that the at-large election districts favored by Beaumont's white residents should be put in place. The story didn't end there. It turned out that there really was some corruption in the school district. Before elections under the at-large scheme could be held, two district employees pleaded guilty to embezzling more than $4 million. And an electrical contractor had been charged the previous year with overbilling the district by $1.5 million. The contractor went free after a mistrial, and no evidence surfaced that the board was aware of any malfeasance, though it appeared to have been less than aggressive in investigating. But that was enough to convince the Republicans who ran Texas's education system to declare a state of emergency in April 2014 and seize control of the board, ousting the black majority. Today, a state-appointed board of managers runs Beaumont's schools. It was a drastic step, and one Getz had been lobbying for since the previous year. I ate lunch with him at an Italian restaurant in downtown Beaumont not long after the state court, responding to Shelby County, ruled in favor of the at-large plan. Despite that decision, Getz wasn't inclined to leave things to the whims of a popular vote even with the favorable districts he'd maneuvered to get. Only the state stepping in, he said, could solve the problem once and for all. That would just cut all this nonsense out, Getz said over his chicken parmesan, and we won't have to worry about elections. To some black Beaumonters, the triumph of that mindset is exactly what they feared would happen when Shelby County came down. Things that we never thought we would have to worry about again because of the Department of Justice and the Voting Rights Act are now coming back for us to deal with, Gwen Ambries, a member of the board's soon-to-be-ousted black majority, told me in the midst of the fight, and I don't know that we're going to fare too well. Beaumont wasn't the only place in the South that took advantage of Shelby by quietly changing its election system to reduce black or Hispanic political power. In one egregious example, Augusta, Georgia, with an assist from Republican state lawmakers, simply moved its local elections from November to April, when turnout among black voters drops significantly because statewide elections aren't also taking place. But the real damage was done at the state level. A host of southern states seized on Shelby to impose voter ID laws or other restrictive measures that either had been blocked under Section 5 or almost certainly would have been. In fact, though, Shelby simply added momentum to an assault on voting that was already underway and that stretched far beyond the South. In all, since 2006, 21 states have passed laws, voter ID measures, cuts to early voting, strict registration rules, and a host of other devices that have made it harder for millions of Americans to cast a ballot.
All these laws disproportionately affect racial minorities, the poor, or the young. Most have been justified by citing the threat of voter fraud, despite no evidence whatsoever that such fraud exists on a significant level or could be stopped by the laws at issue. Indeed, studies have found that people are more likely to be struck by lightning than to commit voter impersonation fraud. Taken as a whole, this shocking offensive has threatened to upend the consensus on all but universal suffrage that was forged half a century ago, and perhaps to usher in a new chapter in the saga of American democracy. Indeed, much of the political press is still struggling to accurately describe what's happened. How, in recent years, can millions of citizens have had perhaps their most basic right so casually threatened or taken away? Crude partisanship is a large part of the answer, of course. Republicans understand that the lower the turnout, the better they do, because voters from more marginalized communities can more easily be kept or determined.